I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hello, my loves. Hello, my loves. Hello, my loves. Hola. Okay. <laughs> you, you weren't ready for that, was you? No. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Hey, Daddy. Hello, Mama. How you doing today? Super, super. All right, my baby. So we're going to... um. We're going to get into this conversation today because there's a lot going on. Uh, some will say it's the same shit that's been going on, but we're going to talk about it and see if we can come up with something different today than we normally do. Daddy, what's the topic today? Overt slash covert is racism in Hollywood real, and our show is dedicated to a truth teller extraordinaire, Brother Dick Gregory. Now... Why would we dedicate this show today to Brother Dick Gregory? Because Come on. he epitomized telling the truth despite the fact how hard the truth sounded when you heard it. It was not harder than to receive a lie. Oh, shit. Okay. That's the kind of show we're going to have today. That's the kind shit. of show my fellow brother, my fellow brother in the uh, world of Librans. Yes. My fellow Libran brother, Dick Gregory. Yes, sir. You know, before we get yes, into the ma'am. show, I just have to share this um, beautiful conversation that I had with Paul Mooney. I'm going to say about maybe six months to a year ago. And we were out at uh, Tommy T's Comedy Club. Yes. And he blessed us with coming to the show. And he came up into the uh, green room after the show. And everyone that knows Paul Mooney knows that Paul Mooney has a rhythm to his speech. And he's going to give it to you just like it was. So he says, um, me and Dick were on the road one night, and I got a call in the hotel room. And they said, come outside and get Dick. And I said, well, what is Dick doing? They said, Dick is out there fighting in the parking lot. Fighting. Fighting. They said, they told Paul Mooney, Dick Gregory was in the parking lot fighting. And this was Paul Mooney's response. Oh, that's what Dick does. Let him fight. <laughs> 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 and that was not 25, 30 years ago. Oh, no, baby. This was recent. This recent. was recent. He in the parking lot kicking somebody's ass because they got him wrong. Now, see, when when the news came out that Dick Gregory had went to the next journey, you know, you, you get a sadness because it's like, wow, he's one of the last of the greats. But then you get a joy because you say we were able to experience that man for as long as we were able to experience that man. And... If you look at his life like a, a thing, a toothpaste, 
he used it all the way to the end. I mean, he rolled it all the way up to the opening. Then you push it down. Yes. Ain't no more toothpaste. Then you get something to get on it and squeeze yes. it. All of it. Yes. And when I tell you, you talking about health conscious, just the shit that man would drop would make all the difference in the world. And when you say the toothpaste, squeezing out the toothpaste, some people could relate to this. It's like a joint. It's like when that joint is almost gone and you smoking your fingers. That's that's what Dick Gregory got out of life. Is that what you're going to give him? I mean, you, the toothpaste analogy, and then you got something that can relate to the joint. Okay, then. You know, he smoked it all the way till it was gone, but we enjoyed his... Un, he was unwilling to say anything but the truth. If it was not the truth, he was not going to say it. And at times... When you would watch his interviews, it would almost shock the shit out of people because they like, did he say that shit out loud? Out loud. Did he just say that out loud? And I was watching an interview he did the other day, and someone said, I was watching an interview the other day, not that he did the other day, and someone said, um, so what should we do about Donald Trump? And Dick Gregory said, mind your goddamn business. And you could tell the person that was on the interview, I was like, he said, that's not your goddamn business. Mind your business. And then once he went into explaining it, it makes all the sense in the world. But what was so beautiful, he was able to do it along with laughter. Mm-hmm. He was able to open people up because laughter will open you up for whatever needs to come through to come through. And was a gangster who, in his own right, while he was working at the Playboy Club with Hugh Hefner and was getting calls from Jack Parr, mm. who asked him to come on his show, and he told Jack Paul, who was the biggest name in showbiz at that time, no, and kept hanging up, no, and kept telling his people no, until finally Jack Paul got on the phone himself and said, why won't you come on the show? He's like, because you won't let black people sit on the couch. You let us tell our jokes, but then you tell us to skedaddle. And he said, Dick, you can come on the couch. So we want to dedicate the show to him because It's individuals like him that make us feel very comfortable in hiding or, if you will, speaking in the shadows of what they presented in front of the sun because they were fearless to say what was real as we have to be if we want some results and some changes to take place. And with that said, let's get into it. Covert over over racism in Hollywood. And we're having this show today because the uh, Forbes list just came out for the top 10 actresses in Hollywood. And I would just like to run them down to you so you'll know who the top 10 actresses are in Hollywood and what they made last year. Not over the span of their careers, just what they made for 2017. This is the list. Emma Stone is number one at $26 million. Jennifer Anderson, number two, at $25.5 million. Jennifer Lawrence, number three, at $24 million. Melissa McCarthy, $18 million at number four. Number five, Myla Kumis, and please forgive me if I'm not saying her name right, but she made $15.5 million. Who is she? I have no idea. Number six, Emma Watson made $14 million. Number seven, Charlize Theron made $14 million. Number eight, Kent Blanchett 
Kate Blanchett made $12 million. Number nine, Julia Roberts made $12 million. Number 10, Amy Adams made $11.5 million. And that was the 2017 list of Forbes' highest paid actresses in full. Now, people are saying, how come there are no women of color on this list? Well, let's pull up the list that has an abundance amount of women of color on any of the Forbes lists as the top black actresses in Hollywood. But but, but, but before that, come on, let's take it back to how this even came to your attention. Okay. So, and I must give this sweet baby uh, credit. A young lady tweeted me. And what she, I'm, I'm sorry, she actually made a tweet, a general tweet, but she tagged me in it. And she tagged along the Forbes list as the highest paid actresses in Hollywood. And her tweet went, the next time y'all think Atmo Worldwide needs to shut, sit down and shut up, just take a look at this list. She's standing for a reason. And, I, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but I had to tweet her back, can you feel this hug? And she tweeted me back, I cannot sit back and watch them vilify you when all you're saying is the truth. And when all you are saying is the truth, you can't be quiet. And that's why we do dedicate this show to Mr. Dick Gregory, because I've been watching his interviews here lately, and that man didn't give a fuck. If it was the truth, he was not going to back down from it. So when you see a list like this, number 10 Amy Adams is at $11.5 million. Do you know that would be one of the biggest paydays for a black woman actress in Hollywood? If we got anywhere near that number, we would be considered, baby, a goddamn Rockefeller. Not a fella, a Rockefeller. Okay, a Rockefeller. Goddamn Rockefeller. If we got anywhere near that number at 11.5 million, and that's in one year, some of us won't make that over the span of our careers. Over this, and I'm talking about Oscar award winners. I'm talking about Oscar nominees. I'm talking about Golden Globe winners, Golden Globe nominees, women of color. We won't see that 11.5 million, and if we do, we consider that. Huge, huge. So when we say is there racism in Hollywood, well, what do y'all think? And feel free to give us a call, 404-832-2963. Share with us your thoughts and concerns and feelings, and we'd love to hear them. You know, Daddy, and, and, and I, and I, and I want to address this because it's on me to address it. Because when you read some of the comments in the room, and we automatically think that it is white, to black, racism in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. We automatically think, oh, those white studio heads won't give us the right opportunities. And and I some of that is true. There are some white studio heads that's like, fuck that, we're gonna keep it the way it was in old Hollywood. Make them famous, don't make them rich. But let me pull y'all coattail to something. There are some black ones that do the exact same thing. There are some black ones that are the biggest racists in Hollywood with some of the comments they make and some of the situations that they know they put us in and they sit back and they say absolutely nothing. So when we want to pass it off and say, oh, it's the white executives that's not given the opportunity, but then you have to look at Lee Daniels and you have to hear that man say, your husband's overbidding you. Overbidding you. Now, I was offered to play the grandmother in the Richard Price story. And the price that came with that was $300,000. 
Now, that's a big-budget movie. And when we said we, could, we couldn't do that for that, he said, your husband's overbidding you. Now, understand, without going into specifics, that's less than she made for a movie like Roscoe Jenkins years prior, before she even won the Academy Award. But in the meantime, when he said that, and prior to, after she won the award, he said, on my next films, what? I got to get paid, Mookie. I got to get paid. <laughs> Let's go to the lines. Let's go to it. Hey, baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? This is Ezrion Williams. I go to Morehouse College. Hey, Ezrion. Hi. I just want to ask, like, so between male actors and female actors who are black, um, is there so much is there so much of a huge, huge difference in those two factors? Or are women, black women um, actresses, are they are they the most affected? You, I, I would say that women of color are most affected. Men of color are affected as well. However, you have your select few. And if you know the history of Hollywood, it's always been that way. There's always been a select few that got paid extremely well. And when Steppen Fetcher was back in his day, not only was he the highest paid black actor, he was the highest paid actor in Hollywood, as is right now Dwayne Rock Johnson. So history keeps repeating itself, but what happens is there can only be one or two at a time. When it comes to black women, it's always been this situation where we have been, or women of color, we've been always on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to pay in Hollywood. Right. Yes. So we appreciate your call, my baby. Thank you so much, Monique. You're welcome, sweetness. Bye-bye. And see, with a place called Hollywood, y'all, sometimes we're so in enamored with the flashing lights and with the red carpets and with the makeup and the hair because I raised my hand, I was one of them. So when you first come into this place and you see the money that you're going to make, now it's more money than you've ever known anybody to make that you hang around with. Mm -hmm. But once you actually get into the business and you begin to realize how much money is being made and how much money you're being paid, that's a huge gap. So when we see this list of these 10 white actresses, and let me say this, it's not that they're not deserving. I'm not saying not one of these sisters on this list don't deserve their payday because, God damn it, if they're putting in the numbers, you deserve it. Get it. However, you would have to say, what's different with these sisters than Viola Davis? What's different with these sisters than Taraji P. Henson? And Taraji P. Henson not only kills in... The, the movies, but she's hybrid, a hybrid assassin mm. because she's murdering on TV and in film. And we live in a day and age where they do not like to acknowledge when you accomplish something and it seems as if this is true when you are a person of color because what many people do not realize is this. There is no other female comedian on the planet that has the resume that Monique has where you are an Academy Award winner in the United States of America. 
You've won the equivalent of the British Academy Award in England, 40-some other awards, had a number one sitcom on, number one reality shows, hosted the Apollo, first woman in the history to, to host the Apollo, highest numbers in that realm. It goes on and on and on, but when you have an individual like that and then you have the young lady from the real saying that Monique should just be quiet. Or you have a uh, Miss Cheryl Underwood and or a Kim Whitley who speaks to um, Oprah is God. What happens is one would beg the question, if Monique has accomplished this and sits in a rare air of being the only woman on the planet who has these accomplishments, what happens when your resume is not that unique and you are a person of color? Does that mean you can look to attain more or less? So when she's speaking up, and what is very rare under these sets of circumstances is when you have someone who accomplishes what she's accomplished willing to speak up, it typically is the person who may not have done as much who feels as if they don't have anything to lose to say anything about it. That's why I'm appreciative when you hear a LeBron speak up and say something in reference to it and use his voice because you can't take his talents away. It's not going to be get out where you're going to brainwash him and he's going to go into the sunken living room because that basketball is just come on. It's just it's just a part of him. And until when he says go, when he says he's done, then he still ain't done because it's still going to be more for him to do. So when you have someone like that, this is the reason why we dedicate this show to brother Mr. Dick Gregory because you had an individual who was at the top who elected to get and put entertainment to the side and be an activist for his community and share his wealth of knowledge. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Open Relationship with Monique and Sydney Hicks. We're talking about it today, y'all. Overt, covert racism in Hollywood, the top 10 highest paid actresses on the Forbes list. Let's go to the lines. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? Hi, Auntie. This is Israel. How are you? Hi, hey, Israel. Hey, Peaches. Hey, hey. <laughs> Just so I can go ahead and hear you better. Okay. Um, I'm outside walking my dog, but I. I had to call in. <laughs> I just, um, can you hear me? Yes, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, I just wanted to make mention about the names you were just mentioning a few minutes ago. The, the, the Kim Whitley's and the folks on the reel and different people who are telling you to let it go and, you know, to just be quiet. I'm pretty sure back in the, the times of the first slavery, they were, Telling the house niggers were telling the field niggers to be quiet as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the field niggers weren't going through what the house niggers were going through. The house niggers were happy because they were part of two tribes the We Sixta tribe and the Motisa tribe. And I say that because the We Sixta tribe were the um, house niggers who would say when their, when their master was sick, they didn't say, Are you sick, sir? They would say, are we Sixer? Mm-hmm. So that's the we Sixer tribe. When it came to the, the Motisa tribe, 
those were the ones who would walk past us, drenching in sweat, needing water, and walk over to that master and say, Motisa, because he was more important than your own sisters and brothers. And back then, they were literally sisters and brothers. So I don't expect anyone today to, well, I shouldn't say I don't expect, I should say I would like to, but I, it's a very thin margin of those of us, save you and, and, and uncle, and a very small margin of others who are awake enough to realize that we are a village. We have always been a village. And if we do not, if we do not treat each other and protect each other and support each other as a village, villages go down. Mm-hmm. They become burned. They become abandoned. And that, 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 that's what's happening to us. It doesn't make any sense that other countries can come to America and prove to us in our very faces, look, we aren't even liked in your country, and we still support each other, mm-hmm. and we're still treated like humans. You've been here all this long time, and they still can't stand you. I think about a soldier story when he said, they still hate you. Yes. No matter what you do. They st- and he's laughing while he's dying. Because no matter what, even if you kill me, they still hate you. So what have you done? What have you proven? What have you accomplished? Nothing. All you've done was proven that we can kill each other, and they can just sit back, back and eat popcorn and watch. Mm-hmm. So I thank you for constantly putting up the good fight, because this is a good fight. It's a good fight. Fuck what everybody else is saying. This is a good fight. We need this fight. We need people like you, Auntie, and you, Uncle, and you, Tommy T, and you, Dwight, and you, whoever, and you, um, 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 Paul Mooney. We need you to say, you know what? You can point them damn daggers at me all you want to. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to still save your life whether you like it or not. But see, I appreciate it. That's and 89% of the folks in the room right now who get it, they appreciate you. Because they know you're not doing this for you. You aren't doing it for money. You're doing it for, for the fact that it's right. It's right. Meryl Streep can get up there, and she can give a big speech about women not being paid right in Hollywood. And the black women are sitting there like, yeah, she's right. No, baby, she's talking about her people. Come on. She ain't talking about us. We were never, never paid properly. And you, and you just um, 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 co- confirmed that by reading what you read about Forbes. It was never about us. So we have to keep fighting this. Please don't stop talking about this because we need you. Someone else in the room said, we need you. We need you, Mo. We need you, Uncle. Please don't stop. I love you both. We love you, you, baby. We love you back. Okay, honey. Okay, bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey, and and you got to ask yourself... We live in a world where the president of the United States compared individuals who were counter-protesting overt racism. Here's where the overt came into the title of the show, overt racism, with the Ku Klux Klan and the white nationalists. And there was a justifiable tone in his way of speaking to somewhat uh, make them parallel in the fault for what transpired. And the question one would ask is, if you can do something like that when it is blatantly obvious, what happens in the covert world of Hollywood? See, it's a great difference between 
sports and entertainment. And the reason being is you must include the black man in sports because there's a final score. And if you keep coming up short, that means your team is the loser and that means revenue won't be had because you're not acquiring the talent that is necessary to make your team what it needs to be. And for those individuals who started acquiring talent that was of color, folks started seeing that because there was one time the Kentucky program that you can see that is predominantly black would not have in basketball a black uh, individual Mm -hmm. on the court. Mm -hmm. I believe the gentleman's name was Adolph Rupp that would not think of having that now. It is made up of individuals of African-American descent predominantly. Why? There's a final score. In the world of Hollywood, you have individuals like Will Packer who, if you pull up his name, it it will say, a producer known for taking low-budget films and making high profits. The question one would pose is, where does the low budget go to and where do the high profits go to? Come on. And at what point do we say, wait a minute, why would our films make $100 million? Come on. Like, what was it, it's Girls Trip? Girls Trip made over $100 million. I'm sorry, Daddy. No. It made over $100 million. It was shot as low budget. Now, in my humble opinion, and this is just my humble opinion, Tiffany Haddish, our sister Queen Latifah, Regina King, or Regina Hall, Regina Hall, Jada Pinkett Smith, they should have all become multimillionaires off of that film. But because I'm in the game... I'm in this business. Here's what happens, y'all. Because there are some people listening and watching that you want to come to Hollywood. And I understand it because I was one of those young girls with big eyes that said, one day, this is how they get you. Listen, on this first one, it's low budget. They didn't really give us a budget. And when I say low budget, I'm talking about so low budget that the shit they serve you for food looks like mush. I'm talking about so low budget that you have a trailer that's pretty much the size of a locker room. However, with that said, when you say so low budget, when they give you the number, you actually say, where is the budget going? Daddy, where is the budget going? Where is the budget going? Because it's it's enough money in that budget for the trailers not to blow up. It's enough money in, in, in that. For the trail is not to blow up. It's so much money in it, my loves. It's so much money in it that when they have low-budget films, the people that's in front of the camera, most times, more than not, especially when it comes to black films, and I have to say black films because that's how we separate it. When it comes to black films, we get the least amount of theaters, but God damn it, we pulling in the money. Everyone knows that in the theaters and everyone knows that about television. They know that with television, when you first start up a network, you have to get the black people because the black people bring in the numbers. If you notice, when the networks first start up, they're full of black shows. Then those black shows begin to taper off. The only network that started up that was not full of black shows but had to go to black shows was the own network. Go figure. Now, when her network first started up, she had Susie Orman. Rosie O'Donnell, and a lot of animal shit. 
which I like the animal shit, but it was a lot of animal shit. So somebody had to tap her and whisper and say, listen, you know it's niggas that bring in the numbers. And the question one would ask is, do you think that in Oprah's heyday, she would have had a relationship with Tyler Perry based upon the type of work that he does? And this is no disrespect to the type of work that he does because, hey, listen, if it works, if it's funny, go do it. However, do you think that she would have had him on based upon who she had on during the course of those years? You had to be an incredible individual of color to have finally made it on there, or it was later on in her career when she started to acknowledge individuals who were of color to come onto the show. So when you start seeing things like this, you say to yourself, what role do we as black people, as African-Americans play in our own destruction? Because it's not just white folks who are in charge that are making these decisions. It is us who are making these decisions by not saying anything. Just like if no one had to put a fuss up to what Donald Trump had said, he would not keep trying to correct himself. Because when you start hearing this man talking about we've got to love each other, that don't even sound right coming out of his mouth. Not That don't even sound right. Not after Who you, you just about? spoke in a tone of violation of, yeah, when you're a star, you can just grab him by the pussy. Come on. Not by the butt. Mm-mm. Not by the ass, no. not by the tail, but by the vaginal area, Pussy. also known as, in French, des pussy. okay? <laughs> des pussy. okay? So when you see this, you say, what part do we play into this and how, if we are speaking up and things are difficult to change, how would us being silent Turn things around for us for the better. And it it won't. And here's the thing. When you have the three Mount Rushmores, when you have Oprah Winfrey, when you have Tyler Perry, and you have Lee Daniels. Now, when you have a man named Lee Daniels that says, listen, you're being overbidded, and it's not even, we're not talking three million. We was talking 300,000. Overbidding you. This is after I won it. When you have a man named Tyler Perry saying, I'll pay Taraji more than she's ever made, but are you going to pay her what she's supposed to get? And this is in a private conversation, so don't go to YouTube looking for it. No. Because Monique said to her, well, the fact that you said you paid her more than she's ever gotten, they don't get no kudos with us. Are you paying her fairly? And when you going to come out and say the truth regarding Monique, Brother Tyler, because what you said to us on the phone was, we got the block too hot right now regarding Monique being difficult in that conversation, you said when you start promoting your movie, you were going to have that conversation. What I would ask you is to be kind enough to have that real conversation because perhaps you, black man, who just got this big deal from my understanding, um, where now you're going to be doing content for, you know, uh, for Viacom, it's like, you are in a position now where you're the man. So tell the truth. Exonerate your sister by simply saying it's real. How can she be difficult by not doing something that she was not contractually obligated to do? But everything that she was contractually obligated to do, she had done 
which is the reason why we asked her to do more because what she was obligated to do, she did so well, we were trying to get more for free. Tell the story. And we're going to go to the lines, but as I named Lee Daniels, as I named Tyler Perry, see, you have a black woman that sat at the helm for years and never once did that woman open her mouth and say there's inequality in the place called entertainment of Hollywood. There's inequality. She never opened her mouth to speak out. So when you got the three, as scared niggas would say, oh, they so powerful. When you got the powerful three that sit back and say, I'll pay you more than you ever made, but bitch, I'm not going to pay you what you're supposed to make. Well, we didn't hear him call No, he bitch. didn't. That's, that's just my <laughs> shit. That's okay, right. I like the word. Right. When you got Lee Daniels sitting back saying, your husband is outbidding you, and you saying, well, what the fuck, yo? If Tyler tells me a nomination going to get me three to five, I want the motherfucker. But you want to say 300000 is overbidding, and then you have a black woman that never opened her mouth until it became beneficial. Until now, I need y'all for ratings. And this is why, my sweet loves, in my humble opinion, in my humble opinion, with my loud ass mouth and I talk too much and all that shit, that's why we'll never make that goddamn list. Let's go to the line. Come on. Hey, my loves, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? This is Holly in Dallas. Hey, Holly in Dallas. How you doing, Mama? Hi, love. How are you? Wonderful, baby. Talk to us. I just have one question for you. I have been following it, all this going on with, um, you know, all the, the goings on with Lee Daniels. Uh-huh. This difficult label that you have been given, this is my question to you. Mm-hmm. All the accolades that you have... If you wanted to be difficult, although I do not believe that you have been, if you wanted to be difficult, why are you not allowed to? There are so many other actresses out there of the other persuasion that we know it's been put out in writing, even the things that they have asked for. Even a Beyonce even has been asking for, you know, certain tulips of a certain color that have to be handpicked, you know, in her dressing room. If you wanted to be difficult... Have you not earned the right to be? You know, I appreciate that, Holly, but let me say this. None of us ever earn the right to be difficult. And that's what our problem is oftentimes. And I, I know where you're coming from, where it's like, God damn, don't she, shouldn't she get three ice cubes in a glass if she want to? Absolutely. I, I, I get it, right, I get it. But none of us ever earn that right. But what happens is, for me to look the way I look, not only am I a woman of color, I'm a big woman. So my my attitude should be, I just want to bow my head and tell y'all, thank y'all for even looking at my fat ass. So whatever y'all mm-hmm. need to do, I'm just going to say yes and I'll do it. In the words of Malcolm Lee. Come on. I'm just happy to be working. That's what Monique is supposed to say. In the words of another sister that's an executive producer in a place called Hollywood who's had hit after hit. And when you hear this woman say, when you know they're not paying her properly, when you know the shows that she's done and created, she owns, she has ownership, and you know she's not getting her fair share, and she says to me, I'm just happy I'm getting a check. Well, bitch, let me hang up. Because with attitudes like that, that's why they say, Monique, what's wrong with you? 
what's wrong with you because you are not like the rest of the individuals who are walking around just thankful that you've got an opportunity to shine. This really a sad situation that we are in because, you know, there are always going to be people that are, are really not going to go with, you know, the, the mandated program. You know, you are supposed to just, you know, hang your head and, you know, want to just be working. But everybody's not going to go along with that program. Everybody is not brainwashed. And it's very, very sad that, you know, for us of color to be in positions like you, Monique, like you, Sydney, to where you can say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm in this public eye, but I'm not going to go along with this program that you have to worry about, okay, well, am I going to be able to feed my family tomorrow? because they're going to cut me off. That is a very, very sad situation. Yes. We thank you for your call, baby. Very much. Thank you. Love the two of you. We love you back. And when you have individuals like a gentleman who's the president of Warner Brothers, his name is Peter Rock. Come on. And we pitched a show. And Miss, I can't remember her first name, Collins White, lady, uh, over there, uh, who we pitched the show to, Miss Collins White. And she appreciated the pitch, and we expressed to her that we needed to be executive producers, and she said, I agree. And she took the pitch. But the president, Peter Roth, felt like he didn't want that to happen because he didn't feel that actors should have an opportunity to be executive producers because it could create a problem where they had too much power. And despite the fact that we are award-winning executive producers because we have both won a multitude of awards, one of the most proud that we've won is the NAACP, though we're proud of all of what we've received, Image Award. And when Peter Roth said this, what I found interesting is He was worried about us having too much power, yet he was not privy to the presentation that we gave to allow the woman, Miss Collins White, to say yes to the project. And then he's going to veto her decision and her advice. So when we talk about power, who would be and who is misusing their power? So when newspapers and articles, they start asking questions about why is it this way? Why is it that way? Ask Mr. Peter Roth why he does not believe that actors, though they've been executive producers before and are award-winning executive producers, and Monique and I should not get that opportunity when he had someone else who was a woman and happened to be a Caucasian woman in a position to make that decision but yet he would veto her decision. Now, this is real talk, because oftentimes we'll have conversations and call names about our own, but we won't say anything when it's a Caucasian man and the president of Warner Brothers. Come on. We're going to have a real conversation and ask him why. He's probably a great guy again to have a cup of coffee and eat some caramels with. But as it pertains to business, when he says, I've been in the business 40-some-odd years, and this is the way it's been done, Come on. Okay. When you've been in the business for 40 some odd years, I believe he said 47, and this is the way it's always been done. What does that sound like? What does that sound like? It sounds like shackles on my feet. 
It sounds like shackles on my feet don't make me dance. And what happens is when you have those conversations, and I was privy to that conversation with Mr. Peter Roth, he had no words. See, that's what makes a black man difficult. He had no words because when Sidney was saying, I need you to explain to me why that can't be, he had no words. I got, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. And I'm going to have to get back to you on it. Has he gotten back to me yet? Well, has Oprah gotten back to me? Okay, now. Okay, see, well, because keep it moving, this now. is a conversation we had to have, too, because what has happened is this, because you'll hear these comments. Oh, don't nobody have time for that. Oh, that, and, and as some people are putting in the room, oh, just move on and show them you don't need them. Let me tell you something. There's some babies who's not born yet that are going to be infatuated with a place called Hollywood. And if we be quiet right now, guess what? They're going to be saying the same shit we're saying as I'm saying the same shit Hattie McDaniel was saying. Don't y'all get it? Don't y'all get it? It's the same conversation, just different faces. I remember when uh, TLC was on the Monique show and, and uh, the, uh, Tion, Tion, right? Tion, she said, listen, at what point do we get tired of the same story? It's just different faces. And in reference to black actresses in Hollywood, until we as black actresses stand together or women of color or the actresses in Hollywood, period, we're never going to make that list, y'all. And because we've been fed so much, you got yours, the other motherfucker got theirs to get. Don't worry about them. See, if we don't come together, we're going to be having this conversation again next year and the year after that, not just the black women in Hollywood, but the actors in Hollywood. And that's part of, though, this is another subject where we are really spending large amounts of money pulling down statues of Robert E. Lee. This is why I would say we shouldn't tear down those statues, y'all. We shouldn't tear them statues down because it's an ever-present reminder of the racism that we had to overcome. What we need to do is add an addendum to what they really were in their policies as opposed to speaking about them heroically and then having a counter statue raised up of individuals that were uh, uh, positive in the history of America. You want to go to the lines? Let's go to the lines, my baby. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? Hey, Monique and Sydney. This is TJ out of Atlanta. How you doing today? Hey, sweetness. Wonderful. Good. I was calling great, as always, great show, great show. As I was listening, um, my question is this to you all, in terms of the things that's changing in the, in the terms of um, the industry and technology, is it time, like, remember back in the day when um, music, music distribution had changed with the, with the introduction of streaming music on the Internet, and now this game has changed with streaming content, you are in different devices. So, like, for example... What you all are doing can reach a, a multitude of different people and really um, bring awareness to what you're saying, but at the same time create a demand and at the same time monetize what you do. And isn't it a time where even though the game with um, the Oprahs and whomever, the, you know, the Lee Daniels, is how to use this new technology and be ahead of the curve to not beat them, but to create your own platform to where you're driving people to you because the game has changed to where now you can use this technology and reach the television viewers not only locally but national and international. Mm-hmm. I mean, because things have changed a whole lot where you can create that demand. Like That's why, that's why Netflix is the number one um, uh, say a streaming network because of this type of 
platforms where now everybody's going over to Netflix. You hear about what's what, what her name? Shonda Rhimes just left ABC. Mm-hmm. They don't put her over, and now she's got her Shonda Lands over on Netflix because she can do what she wants, how she wants to do it. And I'm like, so in, in that in that respect, Monique and Sydney, is that a way to change the game for what you all are doing and what the industry um, would need to do to elevate the ourselves as a people, but as, at the same time showing that I am my master of, of, my, of my own faith. What we do you would, think about that? We would be lying if we didn't tell you we were work, weren't working on that as we speak. Come on. So everything that you just hit on right now is somebody that's forward in their thinking. And we're trying to be forward in our thinking and get with these individuals that are masters of streaming and things of that nature because if we were to tell you that we were technologically savvy, we would think that the Viewmaster of old <laughs> was advanced technology. Click but, it. but fortunately, we have some good people Uh-oh. that we're connecting with that we can try to make that a reality, as well as the folks that we're working with right now. Maybe okay. they'll listen to what it is that you're saying and try to broaden the scope of what it is that we're doing while we're here because we'd love to uh, build on what it is that we're doing, like our brother Chance the Rapper, you know, yeah. with the streaming that he did. He's changing the game. So you're absolutely right. Yes, ma'am. And everything you just said. Because, I mean, I mean, to be honest, and that's what I do. And I'm looking at it in terms of, I look at entrepreneurs and how things have changed and evolved. If I can help in any way, let me know. But as you're speaking today, this is a game changer. You can create your own profits, your own brand. I mean, everything. Because at the end of the day, the Tyler Perry's and the Oprah's, they're going to, like you said, demand it. When you ask the man about, he says, it's always been this way. I mean, he's he saying it's not going to change. And if, it's going to, if it does change, it won't be anytime soon. So, therefore, leave him alone and leave the whole game alone, but at the same time, still force your opinion and be that, that motion in the ocean that kind of brings that current as you're doing, Monique. But at the same time, I'm over here showing a new way to other people who are, might not be savvy about how to stream content, how to reach another audience of people who are ready to, to know about you and learn about you and follow you along your path and your journey. So you guys, I mean, I'm tuning in every every time I can. Whenever it notifies me, I'm listening because it's the time to change the game. So if I can do anything to help, please let me know because you got a great platform and people need to know and your, your the topics you're sharing are very edifying to a, to a mass of people. Well, we got Brother James over here. Perhaps he could talk to you offline and make that okay. happen so we can connect. Thank you, Sounds my good. baby. We appreciate it. My, my pleasure. I won't be denied. Okay, now, hold Come on. Now, you know, it's, it's when you hear those type of conversations that let us know, again, keep going, mm-hmm. keep pushing. And for the babies that's in the room saying, y'all take y'all money and y'all go invest and y'all do something different, real shit, because this is what this show is. When Mr. Daniels made that comment and when Tyler Perry was having conversations that Monique was difficult. Y'all, we took a fucking hit. We took a hit. And we took a hit in a way that people were saying, oh, difficult, demanding? We don't want to fuck with her. So I hear what y'all are saying. And, 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 and believe me, we appreciate it. But what you got to understand is this. It ain't like we ain't doing the avenues we need to do. But when you have people that are quote unquote supposed to be powerful and they put out something about you that is not true and you got not just the white executives, but you got niggas. 
you've got people of color because people of color are not niggas. I'm gonna have to step in on I, that no, one. I know what you mean. You know I know what, what I you mean, mean, Daddy. And I'm but not, I'm just saying, punk ass. I'm saying N E G U S. Thank you, Kendrick you. Lamar. All okay? right, the loyalty, royalty. All right. Now, but when you got them adding the icing on the cake. That's what makes it really bad. See, again, I have to go back to Kirk Flood. When you got a brother saying, listen, I want free agency because that way I can negotiate my own. And his attorney said, listen, if you make this noise, it will fuck you up. And he said, will it help the next one? And that man said, yes, it would. And the baseball players at that time that was with that brother allowed that man to die in despair with nothing. And they came out years later on a documentary saying he was right. We were just scared of losing what we had. See, I miss those brothers that stood around Muhammad Ali, Mr. Jim Brown, Mr. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What was the other brothers that stood with him? Bill Russell. Mr. Bill Russell. And they were saying, listen, do what y'all going to do, but we standing with our brother. I appreciate the brothers. And let me say the brothers of all colors. I appreciate the brothers that are standing with Colin Kirkpatrick saying, hey, man. We're going to take a knee. We're going to take a knee. And his name is Colin you know, Kaepernick. You're going to fuck a nigga's name. Now you're going to fuck somebody's name up. My baby know who I'm talking about. I'm thinking you're Colin Powell and some shit. My baby know who I'm talking about. No, he don't. CK. No, he don't. CK. Colin. Colin, my Kaepernick. baby. But I appreciate the brothers that are standing with him, the black ones and the white ones. And then you look at the ones who are not. And you're saying, when is the last time you actually read the whole words of that song? When is the last time you actually knew exactly what was being said? You haven't. What you are saying is, listen, I'm too scared that I'm going to lose what I have, so nigga, I'm going to stand against you and say, no, don't do that. That's wrong. As long as we keep doing that, my babies, guess where we'll still be sitting? Right here. When you have a gentleman that comes out, a professor, that says, when we came out of slavery, we owned 1% of the wealth in this country. When you speed all the way up to right now, we still only own 1% of the wealth in this country. And you say, what's the problem? And we're the highest spending consumer in this country? You say, what's the problem? But again, when you got the three Mount Rushmores, because see, this is in our community, we expect it from them. We expect the mistreatment. We expect the, I don't want to be have equality with you. We expect, don't you know that I, you're, I'm supposed to be superior? Don't you? We expect it. Now, we run into some of them that say, listen, we don't buy into that bullshit. So I don't want y'all to think that every white person I've ever ran into in Hollywood has that feeling because they don't. But we expect it. But when you got your own, when you got your own, when you got a brother that's saying, listen, it's low budget, but on the next one, I'm going to get you. But wait a minute, on this one, it made this amount of money. Who's getting this money on this one? And since you brought up the national anthem, I just got to read not the whole national anthem, but just the stanza. Read it, Daddy. Just the stanza that people are not getting. And that is, and where it and where is that band who so vauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion a home and a country should leave us no more. Their blood has washed out their foul footstep pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. I'm going to say it again now. Say it, baby. 
Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of the light or the gloom of the grave and the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand. I'm going to stop right there, but how do you say I got a problem with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee when right here you see the division in the Star Spangled Banner where it says no refuge could save the hiring or the slave from the terror of the flight or the gloom of the grave and the Star Spangled Banner in triumph doth wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave, which means that it is only applicable to those who are free that they construe as brave. But you ask, why would Colin Kaepernick not stand for the Star Spangled Banner? And simply put, it's because the Star Spangled Banner did not stand for people like us and Colin Kaepernick. You know, Daddy, we're going to go to the lines in a second, but I just want to respond to something because someone in the room said, is Monique the only actor that feels underpaid because there are a lot of other black actors that's working? Why don't you just ask them? Don't take my word for it. When you see that list and you see all the black actors that's working, why aren't we on that list? Why aren't we on that list? See, when you run into people that says, yes, you'll give me $5, but the pay should be $500. So do I work for this $5 and do I have to work 20 jobs to get to the $500? Or do I say, no, 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 no. My counterpart's at the $500. So why am I not at the $500? So to answer your question, my brother or my sister, I hope you're not that one that will walk up on a stage and say, we working, y'all. Not we're being paid fairly. Because the slaves, we they working, used, they, the slaves, they used to work too. Come on, let's, let's go, to, go the to the lines. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? How you doing? My name is Ngozi. How are y'all today? Hey, Ngozi. Hi. Um, you know, uh, Monique, you know, I'm proud of you, sister. You stand by your word. You do what you have to do, because if we didn't have people to um, stand up for what's not right, and I know it's not an ego thing for you, Harriet Tubman would probably would not have started freeing slaves mm. had she not stood and said, you know what, I'm going to take a stand. So never let anyone, you know, and I'm sure you're not, but I hear people that feel like you should have kept your mouth shut. Whatever the case may be, no, keep speaking your truth, okay? Because you are going to make a way for other women, other men of color that understand, like, you know what, it's not always about the money. It's about integrity and about that we have a right in this world to have equal, uh, uh, equal, you know, Pay equal whatever you whatever you fighting for whatever it is we have that right we have to stop sitting around acting like we can't say nothing because we feel like oh I'm not gonna get my dollar you get what I'm saying yes, so you keep doing what you're doing sister don't stop no matter thank what thank you the sister other thing Rose. too the other thing I want to say is um, you know Colin Kaepernick um, and you know everyone talking about boycott the NFL and everything like that and I was thinking and, and maybe somebody already said it I, I just really got on. But my thought is this. You have more men of color in the NFL, basketball, pretty much the sports. We dominate. The black men dominate the sports. Black women dominate the sports. 
The irony of it is that every last one of them got together and stood up for Colin Kaepernick. They would not be able to take our money away. Take our money away. Wouldn't be able to take the the um, even the sponsors and the all these endorsements. They wouldn't shut it down because they know that every last black athlete is the one that's keeping them money in their pockets because mainly black people are the ones that is buying. Buying the Nike, buying the, buying the, you know, Under Armour and stuff like that. So if every last one of them stand, they wouldn't lose. Not at all. Think about it. They couldn't they wouldn't lose. lose. They couldn't lose. You're oh, right. You're they right. could not lose if every last one, because they dominate. It's funny. They have the power to shut it down, and they won't. They won't. We love you for the and call, the sister. Thing. Thank you, baby. No problem. No problem, Monique. Keep it up. Please don't stop. Keep doing what you're doing. Love you, honey. At Black Wit said, and I believe that's what it says, so please forgive me if I said the handle wrong. Colin Kaepernick is unpatriotic, but the KKK, they have some fine people. And that is what your president said, my loves. That's what the president said. We're talking about it, you know, and there's a, I, I want to address this young brother that's in the room because you, you say, what will you teach your children? if those are the thoughts that you have now and even if you may have children. And when you say, well, people got bills to pay, so you can't make too much noise. And then you say, and why are you attacking them? And here's what I will say to you, baby. Saying what's true is not an attack. And when you say people got bills to pay, you're absolutely right. But what happens is they've got us in such a conditioning that because we got bills to pay, fuck with standing up for right. We're not going to do that because we got bills to pay, and I got mine to take care of. But if you think outside of you, if you think about the next one's coming, see, this is the poison we've been fed, and it's working because of the words you're using. The poison we've been fed is you got yours. Let them worry about the goddamn self. You can't think about them. And it makes me go to the baseball museum in Kansas City. It makes me go right there. And when we walk through that Negro League Museum, and I tell you the brother that took us on that tour, see, we don't know our own history because the Baseball Negro League was the second highest organization in this country. And that man said, these cats own their own planes, their own cars, their own homes. He said, but because they felt like white was right. The moment Jackie Robinson went over is when it shut us down. He said, because when those players came into a town to play a game, everything black was sold out. Restaurants, hotels, barbershops, beauty salons, everything. But the moment Jackie Robinson went over, he said, then everybody felt like, man, we got to go with the white players. Not realizing financially they were making far more money than the white players. But what those white owners knew was that they were making far more money. So if we get them to come over here, we can entice them with, you'll be the first one, you'll get the money, you'll get the praise, but look what it did to us. So again, when we go to the Negro League, when we go to Kirk Flood, when we go to so many, so many, and you still have the modern day mentality, shh, don't say nothing. Boss, we sick. And it's all understandable because this has been happening for a very long time. So when you say you have bills to pay, what you're saying is 
let's look out for now and let's forget about our children's future. Come on, Daddy. And what we're saying is let's live in the future as we exist right now. Let's take one more call. We're going to do it. Hey, my love, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this? Hi, Auntie and Uncle. It's Israel again. Come on. Man. I just, my, my, my chest is so goddamn tight. You know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just, I just came back from walking my dog, and I'm, I'm reading, and I'm, I'm typing, and, and you see me typing in all caps because I'm just. I, let me ask you a question, Auntie and Uncle. What is one and one? I thought it was two. Okay, so then, so then we can rationalize that that one and one equals two. So I don't understand why, um, not supporting and racism and someone standing up doesn't equate to, to everyone. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Is it just me, or is the whole goddamn world crazy? What you know? What I'm sitting in the room and I'm saying, how could you even say we just dis- I just discussed house niggas and field niggas, and you turn right around and you make a house nigga comment. Why is how come no one else is discussing it? Well, not every black man was running in the fields trying to get to the goddamn Underground Railroad. The ones who were at home not getting their ass beat, not having to rape their own children, were, 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 were happy because at least it ain't me. So when you ask that question, you, you should know the answer. You should know this. History, even if the white man didn't teach you your history, you should know your history because it's in your face every day. You have a target on your back because of your color. So why would you even ask the question, why is she the only, bla- is she the only black woman in Hollywood? To- no, she's the, they are only the, 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 the only two with enough courage to run. The only two with enough courage to say, come with us. We're going to freedom. We're going to find a place better. We're going to get this right for us. They are the only ones who are trying to, you know what? I had to write back and say, Rosa Parks sat, she went to jail so that we can ride on everything in the front, not just the damn bus. Everything. You can walk to the head of a damn theater. Back in the day, my aunt just told me this yesterday. She said, when we used to go to the theater when I was a young girl, we couldn't go to the white man at the front and get a ticket. We had to go to the side door, and that black man could give us a ticket, and we still had to sit way in the back. She said the only thing was they thought they were doing us some harm and insulting us, but it was cool up there. They were sweating the to death in the front while we had all the cool air in the back. Okay, so when it just takes one person. One. Rosa Parks was one person. She went to jail for us. It made a difference. Hattie McDaniel was one person. She spoke up. It struck chords. And auntie and uncle. And then Halle Berry and whoever else black. Gabriel Union and every other black person you could think of. It struck chords in them. Even Winfrey. It struck chords in them to strive because one person did it. I don't give a fuck if no one else ever does this again. You have made history by, and yes, you got bills to pay, but so did Rosa Parks. I'm pretty sure she had bills to pay, but she still went to jail because the needs of the many outweighed the needs of the few or the one. Excuse me, Captain Kirk, 
and spots, but <laughs> it fits. You know, so we, we can't always look at, well, we got bills. You know what? You keep looking at your bill because you know what? Auntie and uncle are going to keep fighting for us. So what you should do is appreciate instead of getting angry or, 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 or not understanding. Appreciate what the struggle they are going through right now for us. Every time I get on this damn phone, and I'm sorry for cursing because I don't normally curse like, well, yes, I do. But the point is, <laughs> I, I just wanted, you know, I just, every time I call you guys, I say the same thing at the end of every damn um, conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Because God knows. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes because I can't fucking believe it. It's like, no matter how many times we go forward, we keep going back. And you know, what happened to forwards together, backwards, never? What happened to that? Here's the thing. Let me say this I'm to sorry, you. Uncle. Let me say this to you. So you can preserve your energy and keep that positive spirit, which I know you will keep and not get so mad. Understand they say it takes 30 days to form a habit. We have yeah. been out of slavery less than we were in it. So we've got some time to take to make that repetition become retention so that people will start understanding what it is that's transpired because it's kind of like Cormier in the fight against John Jones. And after his interview, he didn't know what happened based upon what had hit him. And there are a lot of us that have been hit so hard by something that they know not what they've been hit by. Mm. So the only thing they'd start to lash out at is the first thing that they see. And sometimes that very thing that they see is the very thing that's trying to support them and lift them out the mire. So the words that you're speaking right now, they're in unison with what it is that we're saying. And we have to look to the individuals that are understanding and are receptive to it. And to those under, to those individuals that are not understanding Look at it as if you know someone that has an ailment and liken it to, and this is not to mock by any means, but this is to say an individual that has Tourette's. There was an individual that I know that had Tourette's. And one time he was in our presence and my uncle and aunt were having a Bible study and he kept saying my uncle's <laughs> name and saying he's a motherfucking pimp. OK, he kept saying his name and saying he's a motherfucking pimp. Now, nobody looked at him wrong because they knew he had Tourette's. Certain individuals that we're dealing with have an intellectual Tourette's where they're saying things and they know not what they say. And for them, there's a level of empathy and compassion that we have. And the only thing we can do is continue to show them in the examples. But that's why Harriet Tubman carried a pistol. Because she knew that there was going to be some amongst them that were not going to be able to make the trip and they would have to get a cap popped in their ass. Well, intellectually speaking, sometimes we got to pop a cap in their ass and say, you know what? We got to leave you behind and take the people that's willing to go for the ride. And we glad we can say, sister, you coming along for the ride. And we appreciate you. You know what? This is why I love calling you guys because... You always make me feel better, and you you always ground me when I'm about to fly off the handle and take my ass online and find out where these motherfuckers live and kick their ass. <laughs> you always ground me because, you know, this, that's why I call you Auntie and Uncle. 
I'm 53. I'm older than both of you, <laughs> but I still call you my auntie and uncle because your wisdom is it's astounding, and and your level of 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 well, not even that your humanity. You 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 are when I say humanity, I mean you're able to step outside of the box. You know, and you can see the bigger picture. I'm just so in it. I'm I'm trying to step out, but I'm like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> and I I can't step out of it because I'm too busy turning around, you know, and and in 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 shock. But I have to stop doing that, and I have to remember that everyone is not ready. I've said that a thousand times, but apparently, I'm not looking at my own words. And thank you, thank you both. Our Again, pleasure. Thank you. I I I've get, I got practice. I'm married to the spirit. <laughs> Of who you are, <laughs> so th- this is this is this is practice with me. So we love you. We appreciate love you, baby. you. I love you both too, and y'all be safe. Talk okay, to you my soon. baby, we get ready to uh, take it on out and 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 shut it on down. But daddy, I just have to, cause it's on me. And this young man in here, his handle is called the Real Prince Charming. And as you just told our sister Isra, you know, we can't get ourselves worked up because reading his comments, it's so disheartening. And it's disheartening because he said, we can't go against our help. And you would say to this black young man, who is our help? Who are you referring to? And black young man, if you have children, what are you pouring into your babies? Take crumbs? Take the mistreatment. Even when you know you're being mistreated, don't say anything. So I hear you, brother, when you're in here and you say, you know, I like Mo, but she's just setting herself up to, to get knocked down. If that's the case, Brother Prince Charming, if you should have a child, and if they should knock my ass down on this ride, and they never allow me to ride again, but your daughter can come home to you and say, I want to go to Hollywood, Daddy. And your daughter can come home to you and say, oh, my God, I got equal pay. Then I'll take the goddamn knockdown. Then I'll take not being able. Hmm. When you can't sometimes say, let me take care of my family the way I want to take care of my family. Because there's a whole lot of offers that I could have accepted. There's a whole lot of things I could have said okay to. And some of those offers came because we heard you difficult. So, bitch, we know we can offer you anything. So to you, my young brother, what I would ask of you is to know your history and find out where you come from and what you're made of and get up off of your knees. And what I would say to you is if you choose not to, you still are an example. And you are an example to those that will choose to stand as to what not to do. And we appreciate you either way. Mm. So with that being said, we're going to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship, Mama. Listen, my babies, y'all could have been listening to anybody, but you chose to mess with us today. So make sure you go to play.it and click on Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Tell a friend, tell another friend, then tell 10 more. And like my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute. It is no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.